to Get It Together. I'm your host, Pete Strout. And I'm your host, David Huff. And today we're going to be talking about no, Labyrinth. None other than Labyrinth. Yeah. Spoiler. I don't I don't mean spoiler. I hate that I say it so much <laughs> on this podcast. Okay, we're, so we fucked up and Venom was not... Was pulled. Was from, pulled. From every movie service every, that, that yeah, exists. Every streaming service that we, uh, between us, that we subscribe to... People, the only thing I can think because I have not seen it. The only I thing haven't I can, seen it. Okay, people must have been getting it confused with Anaconda, and maybe you that, keep <laughs> saying Anaconda. I'm telling you, they're different movies. I believe that they're different. movies. I don't even know if there's a snake in in Venom. I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's fair, your fault. Touche. Venom is synonymous with snakes and spiders and other venomous creatures, right? Right. Uh, you know, a, a debate I get into people with a lot okay. has to do with the differences between being, like, poisonous and venomous. Are you familiar with the differences? No. Okay, so... This is new to me. Poisonous is something... Strap in, everybody. Strap in. Something that's poisonous. So, like, that spider's poisonous. No, it's not. It's You're not ingesting something. Right. Um, that's a poison. Yes. Um, venom is something that's injected, basically. So a spider biting you, uh, a snake biting you—that's a venom, right? So, um, so what you're saying is, uh, it's fair to assume that venom has either to do with likely a, a snake or a spider. Okay, so like venom is something that that will enters um, the bloodstream, right? The veins. So, so it can. Uh, sorry, lost my. We're, we're all operating at like seventy percent right now. Listen, okay, we're pulling back the fourth wall. Yes. Last night we went out for uh, Jenna's birthday. Yes, and uh, David and myself, I couldn't keep track of everyone. Jenna did too, but I couldn't keep track of everyone right. else. We put back, you know, a, hand, a respectable a amount, respectable handful of drinks. <laughs> yes, and borderline three sheets to the wind for myself. I was, uh, I was functioning. You know, I. You you were fine. I drove home. You know, I did not. I I did okay. <laughs> Ma- Mary carried me home in a white carriage. Yeah. Um. So, so we're like a little uh, off kilter. Yeah, we're at we're operating at a lower tier. So uh, okay, what I was going to say is venom is something that would work its way into your bloodstream. Yes. Poison is something that you ingest. Yes. A hundred percent. That's um or. Poison could also be topical, right? It could be topical, okay. yes. I believe right. it could, yeah. So anyway, the title Venom would suggest Venom it... suggests only into the blood. Yes. Right. Correct. Poison suggests it can get to you in a multitude of ways. multitude kind of. of ways. Okay. Typically ingested, but... Um, right. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you can get, like, sun poisoning. But you can get sun... That's true, yeah. Soaked through the skin or right. whatever. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. So I would say that venom likely has to do with the snake or spiders. I know I keep repeating myself, but so, and I'm going to go on a limb here and say it has to do with the snake, which maybe brings me back around to the fact that people are getting it confused with Anaconda and people are going to probably gravitate towards Anaconda because it's got JLo in it. You know, if they're going to get it confused with anything, they're going to get it confused with venom, which came out in 2013. What? Anaconda? No. Another movie. Oh, it's another movie. Titled Venom. Are you serious? Yes. When did this Venom come out? The, I, it, the, okay, the the one that I wanted to see. Mind fuck right now. Get ready. <laughs> okay. The one that I wanted to see 
was about like um this like New Orleans witchcrafty uh you know voodoo queen lady who's who's like you know reanimating this like corpse and the corpse like goes to town on everybody (laughs) okay so that's that's my understanding of the movie came out 2005 five i graduated from high school that year Mm -hmm. and remembered that i really wanted to see it and just i don't know i was a senior in high school i probably had other things to do maybe i was looking at the other venom then i'm not even sure possible i don't know but but uh, Hulu has Venom from 2013? from 2013. What's that one about? I don't remember. I just remember not seeing New to... Orleans, Voodoo, or Zombie in like any of it. So and, I was like, this is not the same. And like Spider-Man was nowhere near it either, right? His no. arch nemesis or anything? <laughs> no, it was okay. not the Spider-Man Ve- Venom. The, the reverse Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we had to kind of pull an audible. And actually, this ended up being more appropriate. Yeah, it, it was almost like it was meant to be. It it kind of uh, it kind of made for a hectic but hectic week, but a really you know I'm I'm having good feelings about. I'm, I'm glad this, I'm this glad podcast. We, yeah, I'm feeling really good about it because today we're going to talk about labyrinth Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's appropriate for a a number of reasons because last week we talked about the shining which is uh you said your favorite movie of all time i'd venture say yeah okay um there's there's nothing to study in labyrinth but i would absolutely say the exact same thing about it's a great film it's it's incredible yeah i really like and i'm a complete an utter David Bowie freak. So respect, much respect. Yeah. So it's kind of appropriate. Your favorite movie is back to back with my favorite movie. And coinciding, unfortunately, coinciding, unfortunately, but respectfully. Yes. With uh, the death of David Bowie. Our so David Bowie. Yeah. Um, we, we, we talked about this a lot. We, we did. And we were talking about how like it, and maybe those listening might be able to relate to this. I don't know how else to, to, to articulate this, but you and I sort of seem to be on the same page about this. It seems kind of like, like when I think of David Bowie, I sort of think of him or have thought of him as like this guy who has just always existed. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Like no one knows where he came from. He's just always been there. Just like this timeless guy. Right. You know, like I, I I don't even think of him aging. I was almost sure that he was, you know, he was around, for uh, the signing of the Constitution. <laughs> he's probably in England, where he's from. Yeah. But still. Likely. Hanging out. Yeah, probably hanging out. But, yeah, I mean, I I all, I was telling everybody that I had a really hard time with it because I just never thought he wouldn't be around. I mean, and this really kind of, I mean, he was obviously being very discreet yeah, about he was. his cancer. Yes. Because I, I, did, I don't know if you did. No, no. I didn't know he had Nobody cancer. Nobody knew. No, I no, mean, yeah. you know, his, it was, oh, man. And not, you know, not to, uh, I don't know, not to make light of it. I don't think that's what I'm doing anyway. But for his final album to be sort of like him sending himself off into this new totally, plane. yeah. Like, super it's, kind of eerie and It's all really eerie and very, you know, uh, like, this is what's happening. 
everybody strap in. I'm just like, it's like the ultimate oh poetic sort it, of ending. Yeah. What an artist. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me yeah. to like kind of write your own eulogy? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's, it's like unreal. The album dropped like know? a week ago, didn't it? Like, I want to say three days, maybe before, before his, he died. Yeah. And yeah. he had a photo shoot and everything. Like, yeah. I mean, this is like out of nowhere. It was. It was. It was very unexpected. Yeah. Really sad. Very sad. But that um, leads us to today's show, where we're going to talk about Labyrinth. Eighties. Eighties Bowie. Eighties Bowie. When did this film come Quintessential out? Quintessential Bowie. Quintessential Bowie. Well. 19... I mean, it depends on what era. Yeah. He's had so many era I know. stages. I, I was saying this last night, too. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm if, more you ever feel like Stardust, you, if you ever feel like you get tired of David Bowie, just try another era. Yeah, try another and album. you'll be good. Yeah, he's changing it up every album. It's, uh, what a loss. Anyway, uh, this came out in 1987. Okay, later 80s then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, year I was born. No biggie. <laughs> um, FYI. FYI. And it stars uh, David Bowie and a young Jennifer Connelly. Which I couldn't put a name to the actress, but recognized her immediately. Huge fan. And those who watch it, I'm sure, have recognized, did recognize her immediately yes. as well. Yeah. Big my, my uh, you know, probably my, my first childhood crush. She's, yeah, she's no cute. Biggie. Yeah, no biggie. Still would... She's she's very attractive nowadays yeah. too. She not much still, has changed. She would still catch my eye if she were walking past me. So yeah. Um, also, this is uh, you know the creatures in Labyrinth were Jim Henson. Yeah, it was a yeah. That's right. Yeah. So there's did, a lot of there's a lot of real cool shit in this movie. Didn't um um Star Wars guy uh, Lucas didn't he have a hand in some of this too? We'll have to we'll have to reference that afterwards. But I know yeah. Jim Henson had a hand with the puppets and yeah. the animatronics. So everything and... came from Jim Henson's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creature shop. Or... I don't know why. I, I feel like I saw something about Lucas. But anyway, we'll reference that later. Yeah. So um, Labyrinth is basically uh, a coming of age tale. Yeah. And uh, there are a couple of recurring themes. I'm going to get into a, a few of them. Um, but really, the movie's pretty basic and <laughs> don't take family for granted super super cool visually yeah so like the theme you know it's kind of like the shining like the story is not that complicated no but there's just like so much cool stuff like i mean i Inner think labyrinth is a little the... more uh visual definitely the shining is a lot more subtext i agree yeah so um yeah the the lesson is basically don't take your family for granted. We open with a uh, a young Jennifer Connelly mm-hmm. storming re- in, reciting I don't know some story from in, from the the labyrinth book, right? From the labyrinth book, yeah, yeah. And um, in in the park, she's like memorizing the lines. She's, she knows it all. Yeah. You know, she's just like putting on a one man show for herself. In the park. In the park. It's actually really funny, like, to watch it as an adult, because I was, I was, uh, six or so, probably, when I saw it, and then, okay, so, just a little bit of backstory. I've had Labyrinth on a, uh, blank VHS tape, (laughs) recorded off of TV, 
So much so, so that I used to have the commercials memorized in between each, in between like, break? each segment. Because oh, the I, next one's going to be Burger King. I wore that tape out. I did that with Turtles tapes. Yeah. But, but I know exactly what you mean. Same, yeah, yeah, same deal. I did that with the Ninja, Tur- Ninja Turtles. Is mm-hmm. that what you're referencing? Yeah. Yes, same here. Um, so then, you know, wore that tape out, had to get a new one. And (laughs) (laughs) recorded it again from television. And along with Labyrinth, there was also uh, Legend. And I I saw that one. So here's the deal. When we were uh, growing up. This dark fantasy genre, man. I was This is like your wheelhouse. This is totally my wheelhouse. So when we were growing up, we had like cable, but nothing spectacular. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stars and HBO and stuff would have those, like, free weekend dealies. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so we would just, like, record onto VHS tapes. Sealed to the all, couch all weekend. All kinds of yeah. shit. Yeah. So it was, like, Labyrinth, Legend, Never Ending Story. That's a good one. Never Ending Story Part 2. You know, just all of them. And they were, they were all on a tape as well. Wore that out. Had to get... Another like buy a copy. You never saw Nightbreed though. No, never saw Nightbreed. <laughs> that one, that you one know, was sorry. It didn't come up. It didn't come up. It didn't come up. So, um, actually had to. That was the first time I think <laughs> any monetary exchange took place for me to be able to see Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And I think I was maybe like eleven or something. Mm-hmm. Bought my first tape of Labyrinth, and then I don't know. A couple years ago. I bought the DVD of Labyrinth. So, I've had some copy of Labyrinth in my possession pretty much since, your entire life. Yeah, since I was 6 years old. So, This one runs deep. Yeah, I know pretty much all of the lines and the songs and don't worry about it. I just, <laughs> don't worry about I'm it. I'm really into it. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, she's coming back from the park because it starts to pour, and she's late. And she's late because she's been asked to watch her baby brother, Toby. Toby. Good old Toby. Good old Toby. Now, here's a question I have. Yeah. Um, when she comes storming into the house, is that you? they don't really tell you outright. And, mm-hmm. and keep in mind, just a, a small bit of backstory for me. The only time I've ever seen this movie yeah. was freshman year of college in a dorm room drinking with friends. Sure. So it was hit or miss and, you know, kind of out of context. So me rewatching it, right. just, yes, last night was kind of a refresher course for me and just kind of brushing up. Sure. The, Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, they don't just outright say it, but they it seems as though they're alluding to the fact that it's actually her father, but she the mother is a stepmother. I believe that is true. Okay, good. I think I just want to make sure that that I wasn't off on that. I think um, that is um, alluded to in one of two ways: the age gap mm-hmm. in her. I think she's supposed to be like 16 or 17 or something. Young you know, teenager. like not. Not like not an adult living at home yeah. or anything. Um, and there's that little Toby bit of dialogue. Is like two, yeah. And um, you know she she uh, refers to herself the um, stepmother, stepmother. Yeah. yeah, she refers to herself as the wicked stepmother, no matter what she says. Yes, yeah. And I, I, you know, I have to say that, like, I think that's that was like a big, you know 
theme, like, around the 80s and 90s, like, step-parents yeah. were all the rage. Because divorce was more prevalent than ever before. All of a sudden, it was becoming less taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, now people are getting divorced, but they're still, like, programmed to have to be married. So, like, right. everybody had step-parents. You know, if their parents divorced, don't worry. You're getting another one. Right. And it was, you know. It, just just be patient, And that son. was in movies all the time. Yeah. So, you know, not just not just Labyrinth. I can recall, like, there were a lot of... Um, uh, there was a like, Macaulay Culkin film from, like, the early 90s. The Good Son? Uh, the, uh, that is also a great film. Also a great movie. Dark we should film. do that yeah. one. <laughs> but not that one. Um, it's got... Um, What's his name from Cheers in it, I believe? The main guy, uh, Ted Danson? Okay. I think. I might be pulling the wrong actor here. But anyway, it's pretty much about uh, Macaulay Culkin's father is like this kind of crooked crook yeah, guy. Yeah, And he's st- it's still trying to pull. Actually, I don't think it's Macaulay. I'm getting everything crossed. <laughs> it's either Macaulay Culkin or Jonathan Taylor Thomas, to be honest. Right. It's one of those two. But anyway, early 90s. Um, dealing with a father as as the one model sort of thing and right. trying to build a relationship. So, yes, I'm just trying to reinforce yeah. what you're saying. Step-parents were a really big, yeah. big thing in, you know, in the movies around, like, 85, and we'll say to uh, 95 yeah, or something. Yeah, give it, give it, it was a good decade. 10 years yeah. where there were, like, step-parent buddy comedies and stuff, like, all over the place. Right. You know, Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas... He keeps like going. On, I know he keeps coming up, going on that like camping trip or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. I I get, don't worry about it. I know the movie you're talking about though. All right. So anyway, <laughs> stepmom. I'm pretty sure asks uh, Jennifer Connelly, uh, Sarah, Sarah, um, to watch the kid, and she's not feeling it. Apparently, this is a weekend thing, by the way. Apparently, it's almost every weekend. It's almost it's a, a verbatim. And her stepmom is like, I would love it if you had plans, but actually, we have plans right now. And <laughs> so, go so watch Toby. Deuces. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty, deuces. you know, it was a pretty uh, quick opening, but you get the gist yeah. right off the bat. Even though we've we've spent probably like ten minutes on it, yeah, the setup is very clear. Yeah. So then you know she goes and sees Toby, who's crying in his uh, crib. I was gonna say crate. That's, <laughs> crying that's in his a crate. different thing. That's a whole other thing. Crying in his crib, and she's like trying to console him, and she's just like, <laughs> "Ugh, this kid is ugh, just sucking my life up." Yeah. And, Where's my social life? Yeah. So she like puts him down, and she's like, "Whatever, dude. I wish you know. I wish." The Goblin King would come and take you away right now. Flips the light switch off. He's gone. Yeah, you don't hear. Don't, you don't hear, you don't hear crying. anything. And, and that's like the thing. She's like, oh, he was just crying. Oh. He, did he stop immediately? And then she turns around, goes into the room, and is looking around for him and can't find him. And then there's like this whole crazy thing. Goblins are popping out from under the bed. Goblins are popping out. Swinging from, out from the from every the corner. Door, the angle. They're all over the place. <laughs> it's, it's great. And then. When they show the goblins, real quick, when they show the goblins talking, like, like yeah. kind of like coercing her <laughs> yeah. to say it. One's like, come on, just say it. Yeah. I don't know why, but I laughed so hard it's so at that. Great. It's so <laughs> funny. Rasp- and there's like the big... huddled in this dark room. Yeah, they're all like under the bed or something. And yeah. then there's like the big galoot who like can't hear her or something. Ooh, He's like, ooh. did she say it? It's so... Everyone's like, shh. Ooh. I know. It's so great. They're yeah. so... 
It's so dope, dopey goblins. Dopey goblins. <laughs> it's perfect. So then, you know, crazy storm is happening outside. The window blows open, and this white snow owl comes in and morphs. None into, other than morphs into Jareth. Jareth, the Goblin King. I like Jareth. <laughs> yeah, Jareth. I was like, <laughs> I've never heard of that name before. Old English. Yeah. Or, or, or by, New English, of course. David Bowie. Yes. And let's just say the costuming for David Bowie. Let's ignore the codpiece yes. until later. But because everyone's upper, thinking about the codpiece, upper body, fantastic. Yeah, he, the costume Dude's is got awesome. Swag. Yeah, for hair, sure. Yeah, hair on fleek, collar popped with like sequins and stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's, a he's pr- decked out. He's a product of the '80s era for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ruffly shirts. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So anyway, looking like a rock star basically. So Jareth makes the deal, um, that. Um, if Sarah can get to the middle of his labyrinth in 13 hours, mm-hmm. notice there was a clock that went to 13 instead I, of 12. I did notice that. I love that. I just think it's... Is that like a, spi- like a, it's like a spinal tap take? Like, yeah, but these go to 11. Sort of thing. <laughs> I think it was more just like Jim, Hen- Jim Henson is a total weirdo. Like, if you get off the Muppets, all the other stuff he did was just so, like, dark and strange oh and i believe like, that yeah. really crazy imagination and just like you know it wasn't just like puppets that you put on your lap and you like talk talk to them with your hands like some of these were like a serious undertaking oh yeah and it, like in this movie even i mean it's yeah nuts and yeah. i just think that his wheels turn in such a way where he's like you know this clock goes to 13 and then it's like why because nothing is as it seems. Because it's the labyrinth. Exactly. Nothing is, <laughs> nothing as, it is seems. as it seems. Yes. You know, he's just being a crazy person. I thought that was like super cool. It was cool. a nice touch, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, she's got 13 hours to do it. To get Toby. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the story. That's, yeah. She picks up people along the way. Uh, she learns some things about herself. Well, she learns a lot about herself. So I would like Finds to... Finds courage. I would like to dive into um, dive into the themes, okay, and then I really would like to talk to you about the puppeteering because okay. there's so much. It was so much to say, majestically grand, unbelievable. <laughs> so the themes, there's the one that pops up all the time. Yeah, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. She says it all the time. Yep, and then someone uh, Hoggle. Her little friend, who's like kind of helping her through the labyrinth, who's like this beaten down Ugh, goblin, poor that's guy, just man, Bowie's bitch, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think he was, I think he was like one of Bowie's goblins, and he's like head goblin. Yeah, and, and he sort of got like ousted, and now he's like the janitorial sort of goblin. Like, yeah, he kind of just like shows up where he needs to be, and like does odd jobs for. For Jareth and stuff. It's, yeah. It's very... His they role che- is very they, unclear. <laughs> clearly, they have a checkered past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh... So, anyway. She steals, like, his jewels from him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can't get him back. And he's like, well, that's not fair. And she's like, it's not. But sometimes that's just the way it is. And then it, like, clicks to her. Yeah, she's like, oh. Hey, man, life's, life life's hard sometimes. Life isn't fair. Yeah. Life is kind of crass. Right. 
Just like your stepmother was exactly. in that moment. Yeah. So she's learning stuff. Yeah. She's picking up on things. Yeah. Um, what else? What else is there? Um, Are we talking about just general themes of the film? Yeah. Okay. Well, an obvious one that that's, you know, that's for me was like, oh, clearly we're sending this message. Right. Is the, you know, like the whole like life lesson of family and yeah. and taking things for granted and sure and sure i don't know if you'd want to say due diligence <laughs> well that's yeah i feel like that's also what what would you know sort of put it into the lane putting of like, in your time like um a coming of age movie yeah you know like 100 percent. yeah y- you learn to appreciate your family and it's like listen i know they ask you to watch your kid brother all the time but like you know they're people too yeah. and like it's a tra- it's a trade off. It, it might not be something you enjoy right, right. now, but you know right. tomorrow you might do. So- yeah, like like the trade off of yeah. life. Yeah, and it's also like it's got to be an age where you're starting to discover that your parents are are people and not just your parents. Yes, and like you know, I'm sure teenagers like struggle with that all the time, especially if it's like someone has to be home with this kid. <laughs> you know, your parents still have the right to be human beings. And not just mom and dad. Right. Stepmom and dad, whatever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was a big thing. And, and, and presumably, you know, it's, it's in it, touching on the coming of age part, you know, you assume a, a gal that's, you know, 15, 16, 17, presumably. Yeah. Um, wants to, you know, have a social life and meet boys and stuff. I don't know. Ironically, she's not into that. I was just going to say, she's, I don't know if she does want to really, do that. She's really just into reciting the, she, the Labyrinth book. She really for, has... For her own entertainment. And honestly, I think uh, this is... As I as I grew up, I think this is, like, what always really resonated with me, was she's, like, not... She's not interested, you know? Like, she doesn't want to... You know, she doesn't want to, like, go on dates or, like, spend spend time with, like, a bunch of friends. She's very, like, solitary, but also doesn't want to be... They don't... They almost don't want to give her that romantic dimension. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. I, I think so. Yeah. And I just think, like, she she's very solitary and they don't want to, um... Like, the, the parents, like, don't see that as like imposing it's like well you're gonna be home anyway right just reading your stories and you, you know playing I know you, with your dolls right we know you want to do it outside but no right yeah do it inside just you Watch know you're Toby. gonna be here anyway right but like i always thought that there's a there's like a very distinct difference between like being solitary and on your own terms on your own terms right than like being uh being alone and like figuring out you know there's a very big difference oh 100%. like if you know jenna is out of town for the day or something there's a big difference between me like you know running errands and cleaning up the house and stuff and like making sure that the the place is in order and me spending several hours playing video games and doing <laughs> right. you know doing what i want to do and like starting drinking beers at like 3 p.m. or whatever whatever weirdness i want to get into you know what i mean right, there's gotcha. a difference between Definitely. being alone and being solitary yes you know and i always yeah. thought that was like a big 
big thing that resonated. That's a with good me. point. Yeah. You no, know? I dig that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the I'll stop it there. The last thing, obviously, would be that nothing is nothing is ever as it seems. Nothing sacred at all. I mean, like you know, the yeah. labyrinth was all over the place, obviously, but you know, it's a good it's a good lesson to take away. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever think something's like big and scary, you soon realize that it's just a big fluffy animal thing. The labyrinth is definitely a metaphor for life. Oh, absolutely. Like clearly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's always the room, and, right? Yeah. There's always room to turn back, but you know, and there's like, don't be afraid to go backwards in order to move forwards. And there's, yeah, there's yeah, a lot right. of layers and weirdness. And, and we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, referring to the Pixar movie Inside Out. Yeah, like as a child, as like a toddler into your like coming year, you know, t- we'll say up to, you know, like age 10 or 11 or 12. Right. Your emotions uh, that you experience are extremely linear and singular. Yes. It's like pure happiness and nothing is kind of impeding on that because right. you don't have the baggage of life. Exactly. Um, and then as you start to get older and older, all of a sudden happiness is, becomes a little bit qualified by other emotions. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's kind of, it kind of goes along with this uh, with regard to the labyrinth. I mean, don't be afraid to... You know, if you're moving, sometimes moving forward means moving backwards. Exactly. That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that counterintuitivity. <laughs> right. Just made that word up. <laughs> might not might not make sense to uh, someone who uh, is five years old. Yeah. And there's also the idea of um, the, the, um, the journey being more important than the actual destination mm-hmm. i mean obviously the destination is pretty important because she has to get her brother back tobes but she's learning you know she's learning all these life lessons and stuff on the way there right and you know it's a labyrinth so there's obviously no like easy quote unquote easy path right to follow exactly so you know it's definitely like the journey is more important than the destination in terms of like figuring out herself and figuring out like what you know what her role in everything is as well so and under having that appreciate that well-rounded appreciate appreciation at the end of it right yeah for whatever yeah so let's get into the uh the creatures of the labyrinth because (laughs) there's so there's so much there were a lot a lot yeah it was great there was that like oh god and you're gonna have to tell me names because I don't have any of the names. Yeah, memorized. I'll try to help. But I loved the, I guess we'll call her the old hag in the uh, junkyard. Yeah, she's um, good. The deceptive gal, the yeah. one who was tra- acting as a deterrent. Yeah. Um. I mean. Yeah. Talk. I mean, that's that's a, that's a walking metaphor. Uh, of course. You know, like here, take this gift. Take this gift. All these great childhood gifts that you've always wanted. She was literally a, a walking metaphor. Yeah. She was <laughs> literally. Yeah. I I I loved that. I Think thought of that was all really... these materials that will make you happy. Yes. No, my brother. Right. Yeah, I yeah. need my brother. Right, yeah. And then um there's there's um there's the worm like right in the oh, yeah. beginning, the yeah. silkworm who, you know, shows her how to keep going. And um that was great because it was like so Alice in Wonderlandy. It was it was yeah. very. Yeah. It was very. I love it because he's like, "Hello." Hello. <laughs> Did you just say hello? No, I said hello. Well, that's close enough. <laughs> right, right. So great. Just, and then um, just a nudge to Bowie on that one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then um, you know, uh, there's Hoggle, who I imagine is a person in a suit, 
wearing yes, a definitely very a exaggerated mask. <laughs> yes. So like a puppet mask, but you know, the rest is like a suit. And that was that was very cool. He's very, you know, leathery. Um almost looks like like a decrepit Rumple it looks like Rumple Yeah, he does. Like a decrepit man, like yeah. a an old man who's just been through some shit and this is like where he's landed and like this is all he's all he's got. Do they correct me if I'm wrong, what was his name again? Hoggle. Don't they call doesn't she yeah. at one point in time call him like Hogwarts or something yes. like that? Yes. Okay. And then also it's called Goblin City, right? Yes. I misheard that the first two times they said it. I thought they said Gotham City. I'm like, what the? Are they pulling so in? So many nods. What's going on here? Yeah, so many nods. Anyway, like Hogwarts, <laughs> Gotham City. Yeah, the funny thing about Hoggle <clears throat> in a character development standpoint is that, you know, he's he's sort of unimportant for a while. And yeah. he, because he projects that onto himself as well. Yeah, it's like his uh, his his, un, his imagined self in importance, right? Is like makes his reality what it is. Yeah, because um, Sarah and Jareth, neither of them call him by the right name for a certain period. Yeah, and then you poor, know, poor dude, and he runs he runs away like at almost every conflict. Yeah, and he's he's kind of like. Uh, tangentially involved for a lot of the film and then you know uh makes makes his worth known and then everyone you know knows him as as hoggle you you know know who he reminds me of he reminds me of brendan on making a murderer he changes his story to everyone he's depending yeah, on who he's talking on to. Who he's talking to. Yeah, if he's talking to Jareth, then he's like, right. you know, like, oh yeah, your Majesty, sort of thing. Right. But then when he's, you know, what's her name? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. When he's talking to Sarah, he's like, oh yeah, no, let me help you out. Yeah. Sort of thing. So he's got like you conflict know, of interest. He's, here. he's sort of got this like conflicting uh, inner monologue, mm-hmm. and he he suits his story to his company, mm-hmm. like he. Uh, Changes his story to reflect uh, the company that he's in. And that's obviously like a defense mechanism. So he's agreeable and no one will... Non-confrontational. Yeah, no one's going to like hate him or abuse him or something. Obviously a really beaten down dude. <laughs> Clearly a really beaten down... Who just Really take... actually a sad character it is if you re- like look into if it. If you really like hyper-focus on yeah. it. It's like, like no one knows his name. No one cares. He's just like this beaten down... like janitorial goblin yeah it's very sad (laughs) very sad so there's there's also uh ludo who is just a giant fuzzy creature person like ogre yeah it's kind of like an ogre looking troll type and um who's got huge glutes by the way huge glutes (laughs) hitting those doors walking through them unbelievable (laughs) but um He's he's obviously a representation of the theme that things aren't always what, what they, they seem. One hundred percent, because you know he's a big, like terrifying monster. But when they, when they find him, he's being tormented mm-hmm. by like tiny little goblin That's, yeah. knights. So you know, obviously they hear him first, and With, it's like, like "What things. is that?" Yeah. And they like freak out, and then they realize that he is the one that's actually in trouble. 
and he's being picked on by people that are much much smaller than he is so uh, so other life lesson don't judge a book by its cover exactly yeah and he's you know big teddy bear calls rocks kind of cool and um he so, reminds me of that <clears throat> character in never ending story the big rock man guy yeah 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 and then there's there's the knight uh mm, his name is escaping me are we talking about the little fox that's yes. riding the dog yes i love that guy sir sir fox. venomous i think he was great. Uh, I yeah, laughed every he time he great. spoke. <laughs> obviously, uh, obviously, just a characterization of, you know, it's not the, literally, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the, the dog, dog. Right? He's like the... Well, where he where he lacks in size, he makes up for in personality. He's, yeah, he's so brash, <laughs> yeah. and like, he's always being like a crazy, nonsense. Open the door! Open yeah. the door! Oh my god! He, and he's always scrapping all this stuff. And uh, his mighty steed is like a big shepherd dog. It's great. It's great. It's great. And the puppet. And 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 when they couldn't get the shepherd dog to cooperate, they clearly use a puppet shepherd shepherd dog, which is also equally fantastic. Yeah. When great. it's like quivering and hiding behind the rock. Always stuff. good. Always <laughs> good. So, um, the other the other puppets that are used throughout the movie are more like set pieces, like giant talking set pieces. What about the dancing things with the heads? What were they called? I I just call them fire dancers uh-huh. because I don't necessarily know if they're um if they would refer to them as anything else. But um they're pulling their heads off and their yeah, legs are falling off and there is the cool scene with the fire dance. The dance number. Yeah. Where they're doing the conga line. Yeah. <laughs> where like Sarah sort of falls into this like jungle uh, and is lost, and these fire dancers come around and start singing a crazy song, and then pulling their limbs off and throwing them all around, and then and it's just that's it's part kind of their of like, It's kind of just like pure madness. It's, yeah, it's really a, it's like a super fun, also terrifying thing. And then it's like, here, take your head off. And they're all like grabbing her by her face. Misunderstanding. Come on, take your head off. Come and on, it's your like, turn. It doesn't come off. And You're yeah. only allowed to pull your own head off. So it's like super freaky and, yeah. and crazy. And then, you know, and then she escapes that. And I can only imagine that was just like an idea that. They're just like we gotta do this. We gotta throw this in there. Well, they they had to give um, what's his face his heroic moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah. Huggle how... pulls yeah. her out. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. He, he has to step up to the plate. Right. It's like a coming of age thing for him too. Right. Like his moment. But I can't. I think that's just before he ruins it. Yeah, it is by giving her the uh, acid soaked peach. That's right. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Uh, so Jareth has. He's been interfering here and there with a lot of shortens time at one point. She's yeah, like, this she, is easy. This is this is easier than I thought. So he like pulls oh, time oh, back. Yeah? He's like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you fucker. But yeah. So all right, you're David Bowie. You can do it. I know. He can. He can pull it off. And then um, uh, he's got these crystals that he just uses for whatever, mm-hmm. and then turns one into this. Uh, peach. It's just a peach. Gives it to Hoggle. He's like, "Give her this," and he's like, "What's it? Is it gonna hurt her?" And he's like, eh, "I don't know. We'll find out." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then after he rescues her from the fire dancers, 
who are trying to rip her head off. Um, but not even in a malicious, like not in a, in a malicious it, way. Just in an un, that's what they do. Yeah, they don't understand, which is arguably more scary. It is entirely. <laughs> you have no idea how much this, this would is hurt what another we do. being. <laughs> Why aren't you wanting to do it? Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, um, so then she eats this peach, and that's when she goes on her little acid trip. That's right. Yeah. Which is the masquerade ball. That's right. With David Bowie, which creepishly is, staring at her. Creepishly staring at her. Maybe that's the only, I, I feel like, sexually pulsed portion of the movie. Here's here's my here's my thinking on that though, because I was rewatching it the other day, and I was like, is this, is this like inappropriate? And <laughs> that's the like upon like let's just say this is the first time I've actually seen the movie. Yeah. That was the vibe I got. Okay, here's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. because it is her mind basically mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of spoiler alert it's all sort of like in her fantastic fantasy mind and <clears throat> and she's read this book like a million times and you know i imagine she's probably got like sort of like a crush on the character of the goblin king and like all this stuff and like that's yeah that's a good you point. know the book might actually end in a similar way as it as the movie does this fictional labyrinth book might actually end in a similar way um but i took it more as you know it's her world and jareth is sort of just like the goblin king of no age it's not <laughs> 32 year old right david bowie <laughs> making moves lusting <laughs> after 16 year old jennifer Connolly, which i'm sure she was much older right by the time she that's was actually a, that's actually a really good point though because he's just kind of like staring at her and it's kind of centering around her in that moment yeah. um and you know they sort of dabble on the fact and it builds up to the fact that you know he doesn't really have control over her yeah. completely right. and ultimately doesn't. Right. And maybe this is just a conceptualization of right. that. Which know. is a really like progressive move, yeah. of course, in in, you know, the old days. Right. When every movie had to sort of like finish with like the love interest uh <laughs> finding other love interest and Right. Doing love swept, interest things, yeah, you know. Swept off their feet. Right. Yeah. But, you know, she sort of just, like, thwarted this guy and was like, you know, I just, you know, I'm cool, dude. I just need my brother. Just my brother. Yeah. And I'll see you later. And, um, yeah, there was, like, you know, the super serious scene where she's, like, reciting the book to him. Right. And he's like, stop! And then... <laughs> right. The funniest thing... Couldn't remember the line. This is possibly my favorite part where she can't remember the line and then she says the line that would like basically like absolve his existence right she says you have no power over me and like instead of like this big dramatic thing um (laughs) david bowie just kind of like looks at her in a really disappointed way like like oh (sighs) yeah yeah and he's like no and then like the whole world like explodes yeah it's I always like figured I was like, why are you downplaying I don't know. I just thought that was like such a funny way to like show that you're disappointed because the oh, world's guess, about to come apart. I guess I guess you're right. Well, 
You made the, your choice. The masquerade is up, if you yeah. will. So, um, uh, the last couple things I want to hit on. It was a masquerade too, wasn't it? Yeah. You, yeah. So it makes it sense. It, 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 the, the metaphor plays on multiple levels. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But she, if you'll remember, she was the only one Unmasked. who did not have a mask. Good point. Yeah. It's true. I like it. I like I know. it. I know. Um, so I also wanted to talk about the helping hands because oh, yeah. that scene was super cool. That was, oh, with the yeah, the talking hands. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm surprised the big mouth frog didn't make an appearance. Yeah, in there. right. <laughs> I just like I like can't imagine how many takes takes and how many people just uh all these poor people that are just like you know, two inches from each other. And there's got to be like at least five people for each each face oh, yeah. th- of the helping hands. So you, it's basically like the idea of, you know, you make the eyes out of your uh, pointer and thumb, pointer and thumb, and then like you talk out of the mouth from like the rest of your fingers, and you do that like the shadows on the wall. So it's basically that times, you know. Five other sets of hands. Right. And so we made go- these really elaborate, like, faces. It was really... Here's here's the one thing I'll say to that. If you noticed, like, they show her falling and there's, like, a, you know, hundreds of hands and stuff like that. But when they show the talking, it's it, it cuts the camera shot and it yeah. just focuses on the one area. So Right. It, so it's not like she's surrounded by them. Yeah. It's maybe yeah. just that area. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. As cool and creative as that scene was, and it was really cool and yeah. creative... All I was thinking was, everyone's copping a feel. <laughs> I thought that, too. Like, everyone's copping a fucking feel. Yeah. I mean, they're all just, like, holding on to her. I mean, we can we can confirm there was no one grabbing her tit. No, 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 no. There was none of, you know. But, like, you but know, everyone's hand, no one's No one's eyes are in the scene. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's got, you got to think of it as... As being as innocent as crowd surfing would be, <laughs> yeah, and you like, gotta sign up for it when you. We've cr- all decide. done that, yeah. You know, yeah. You gotta know what you're getting into. Yeah, if you're, definitely. If you're taking the plunge, you know. So and she I, she consciously dis- cho- chose door number two. Yeah, so. I know. If you pick the wrong door, you're gonna get crowd surfed. You're gonna be crowd surfed by hands, <laughs> and then they're gonna cop a feel on you and. Ask you which way you want to go, <laughs> which could be suggestive, but it could be. I don't think it was. I don't, I don't think it was either. Eh, maybe who knows? Stranger yeah, things I, have happened. Yeah, I know. And then uh, there's one other one, I think. Oh, a lot of the set pieces were like optical illusions that were David Bowie's face. Oh, that so, was like, really cool. So, like, pieces of the labyrinth were, like, you know, there were like the, hedges. The, those, the rock Yeah, the rock, thing was really rock cool. formation looked like his face. And then, At like, the right angle. you pan away. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's not. Oh, they're just That rocks. was really creative. Super cool. Yeah. And then, I'm, you know, I'm sure, I think he was, like, carved into hedges and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, just... Attention to detail there. Re- yeah, really clever... Um, just Bowie appearance. And then, oh, the last one was the um, the little goblins that were moving the tiles. There was oh, a point yeah. she was working through the labyrinth. Lipstick. And she was using lipstick to mark where she's been, like a breadcrumb trail. Hansel and Gretel it. And uh, these goblins were just like, 
pop up the tiles and move them around or like have them pointing the other way the other direction flip them over or whatever and then like at a certain point she figures it out but i just thought, i always thought that was like super funny yeah and like just automatically say whoops suck you yeah oh you think you're going that nope no nope. go this nope. way i'm going that way yeah. you're gonna be asked backwards yeah so um do you have any advice for any of the characters in this movie my advice my advice is very specific okay and in in a the reason I asked you kind of towards the beginning about the stepmother figure yes. was intentional. I wanted to make sure I was on with that. So my advice stands. Um, as a stepmom, yeah. my advice to you, or a stepparent, we'll say, okay. um, don't maybe perhaps be a little less crass. I feel like her approach yeah. was extremely aggressive. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like a big tipping point in the why this whole story took place. Yeah. However, if stepmom wasn't so crass perhaps uh daughter sarah wouldn't have learned all these life lessons right so story wouldn't take place right but that's my thought i would say you know maybe take a a little bit more of a a cushioned approach to uh reprimanding um and i don't know try to relate i always thought that too i mean i don't i don't have step parents but my basic understanding of step parents is let's not act like parents take kind of the back seat to the actual parent to the actual parent yeah yeah, yeah. so if anyone Feel were to out. be greeting her like at the door should, when she's just been traipsing through the rain it should be should, dad should have been dad yeah who is like hey man don't you remember like we're we're going you know yeah she I think, she definitely was in the driver's seat there yeah, and it should, yeah you're right it should have been the other way around yeah and i mean you know we have no backstory so we have no True. idea how long this has been going on but i agree yeah you know it's not your place really you know getting don't... a little too aggressive here yeah like you definitely want this kid to be a fan of yours like it's yeah. gonna be kind of important <laughs> yeah um, yeah so maybe you know not so aggressive but anyway that's my advice what about you okay uh i think sarah should um you know i I guess my advice would be to um just just balance your balance your life a little more cuz I think being so being so solitary kind of mess with her a little bit. Go talk to a boy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> she had a tough time I think uh relating to people, but you know, she got along with the people of Goblin City. She did very well. And she made a pack of friends, a gang. So many friends. Oh, yeah. And I think that was just like a way for them to say, hey, listen, we like you. Go outside. Go outside. Meet some people. They'll like you. Leave the book behind when you go outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as someone who uh, most of the time prefers to be uh, more solitary, I still find myself like making myself like go and do stuff right yeah. because like you know you just i don't know if you if the, you're spending it's a, it's a good balance if you're spending your time with your thoughts the majority of the time then you're kind of gonna be like her you're gonna be a little spoiled you're gonna think that your opinion is like the be all end all and you know you're gonna get caught in some kind of labyrinth and you're gonna have a real situation on your hands, and you're too stubborn to accept help from anybody, which 
is exactly what happened when she started out. Exactly. And you're going to be in dire straits having to befriend goblins and yep. creatures of lore in order to make your way out. You're going to be running down the uh, the first inner wall for at least eight seconds. And then you're <laughs> going to throw a tantrum. And then you're going to have to you know, decide whether or not you're going to take advice from a worm. So right. Things aren't always what they seem. She threw a lot of tantrums in the beginning. She did. There were a lot, were a lot of lot tantrums of, yeah. in the first 15 minutes. It's funny, like, so many extremes happen in, like, the first, I'd say, 20 to 30 minutes. It's like, tantrum, 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 a little too cocky, a little too cocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, now I've got it figured out. Right. I'm always like, fuck if you do. Right. <laughs> Cut time in half. Yeah. I know, and then like, and then the end where she's just like, "I found my, I found my confidence. It's being myself." And I was right. just like, "Yeah, well, well." I mean, you know, yes and no. <laughs> I, I think this will like get you out of the labyrinth, but I don't necessarily know if it's gonna get a boy to call you back right away. So I don't know, or a girl, or a girl, yeah, whatever fuck it, you know, you know, whatever you're into, whatever floats it. She. She honestly seemed to have no interest in either. So she was kissing trolls, man. She was, yeah. She was. She she, she liked Hoggle. She she was into Hoggle. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. kept she kept on saying friendship, but she was very quick to kiss. She was. She was. <laughs> I was like that was forward. He was like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And he was even he like freaked out. He's completely. like, what the fuck? Yeah. But but then he but that's you know the yeah. dialogue he has with Bowie and everything. Right. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. Good movie. Yeah, really good movie. Yeah. I mean, um, as a as a complete fanatic of this movie, I would obviously recommend that everyone see it. Mm -hmm. And if anyone is um, a fan of like the dark fantasy type, it's movie, right, right in that wheelhouse. It's right in it, you know. It's like the exact same time I time period I believe as you know, like Never Ending Story, yep. and I believe like. Heavy Metal came out a couple of yeah, years before right. that. That's obviously a little more adult-centered. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Legend and things like that. It's all just, you know, it's it's such a cool movie visually. And if you have any, um, any idea that Jim Henson can do something other than The Muppets... You should definitely check this out. Yeah. Because he really like stretched his legs on this one. Yeah, and don't use your impression of the Muppets if that's all you're, you know, yeah. versed in as far as Henson goes to give you any, you know, preconceived notion on this film. Yeah. Um and I have a bonus recommendation if uh you do like this one. I don't know where you can find them. They used to be on Netflix, but uh Jim Henson also had like a series which was like I think it was called like tales oh by jim henson t-a-l-e-s right and uh you know it was all just sort of like obscure weird you know like was this in the same era as labyrinth in like the 80s yeah okay yeah i'll have to it's research that super weird there's this one like i think it's i can't remember what it's called but it's like something about like the ghost of death is like coming for this person and it's honestly Sounds dark one of the scariest things i've ever seen in my life <laughs> i was like holy shit I'm, so, I'm gonna have to i'm yeah. gonna have to dig into i'm that. gonna have that to figure great. out what it's called and i will get back to everybody um in the meantime 
Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, for next week. Next week we've got uh, a, a movie that um, I haven't seen. Pete, you said you hadn't seen it either? I, I have seen Bits and Pieces. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you've seen Bits and Pieces. You sort of recommended it months and months ago. Yeah. Sort of got lost in the list. I'm bringing it back up because I want to see it okay. at this point in time. It's called Odd Thomas. Yes. Uh, again, the movie's called Odd Thomas. And it is still on Netflix, so I encourage anyone uh, listening to check it out. Yeah. Uh, to follow along next week as we dive into that film. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, so, as always, you can email us your thoughts or either ors or whatever you would like. Whatever. Email us whatever. Just email us whatever. Email us, um, you know, horoscopes. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Yeah. <laughs> at getittogetherpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us. At GIT Podcasts. Uh, be a sport and click through our Amazon banner to do um, your shopping and help infuse our tiny operation with a little bit of cash. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Get I back. mean, you know, holidays are over. I'm a year round Amazon shopper. So I say and we're shop st- year round. And we're starving artists. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make a go as starving artists, but right now it's more starving. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, we love this. Um, Yeah, so tune in next week. We're going to do Odd Thomas. I'm very excited about that one. I'm excited. And um, thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you soon. See you.